Hello, my friend. This is Clyde. <laughs> I love a happy ending story. Let's listen to Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. Selah. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? <laughs> the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates, lift up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Selah. This beautiful psalm can be divided into two. The first half of this psalm is celebrating God, the one who owns this whole earth. And just as you are getting used to the idea of celebrating God, the writer directs it back to you and me and anyone else who wants to join in the celebration. He states categorically that this celebration of this supreme God, the sovereign Lord, is not casual. It is not arbitrary. It demands a certain level of un unparalleled respect and honor and sincerity. He says, if you want to come up to the mountain of worship and praise, then you have to qualify. You need to have clean hands and a pure heart. It simply means that before you come into the space of worship, whether it is in a church, a cathedral, under a tree, in your living room, wherever there's going to be worship of the Supreme God, before you enter, you have to clean up yourself, confess your sins and your sinfulness, and Ask God the Holy Spirit to clean you up and make you pure. Remove the filthy rags version of righteousness that you have been wearing and be ready. Oh, one final thing. Make sure you are sincere. The writer talks about the generation that seeks God. The one who, the one who, the ones who are authentic in their desire to meet with God, those people are going to be blessed in that moment because God acknowledges sincerity in worship. Can I just say, Selah, or pause for a moment. Let that soak in. Mm. Are you ready for the next stanza of this beautiful psalm? This section is wild dramatic, filled with intrigue and excitement and pomp and pageantry. It is a gala event like no other. Sounds and smoke and lights and worship. What is going on, Clyde? You are about to witness the most spectacular entrance of real royalty, a jubilee of the grandest order. 
Let me give you some background. Let me set the stage. Many years before this great event, the Son of God was sent from heaven to earth on a deadly mission. Catch the pun. He was given a new and spotless body when he arrived. The Bible said that the Word, the one who is everlasting, became flesh and dwelt among us humans. While on earth, they called him Jesus because of his mission. He was sent to save his people from their sins. Before all of this, he was king in heaven, worshipped and adored by scores and scores of angels of all ranks, and he set aside all of that without hesitation. And when he landed on earth, he became a peasant. There was no fanfare and celebration at his arrival in that little town called Bethlehem, but that was just the humble beginning. He knew his mission, and while he was racing towards his destiny of death, his appointment with the cross, he performed some miracles along the way, fed some several thousands of people with small amounts of food, taught some awesome lessons, but never lost sight of his mission. Then one day it happened. They crucified him, and he was obedient to this form of death, meaning he did not resist. He did not call for angels' armies to come rescue. He carried out the mission, died for the sins of the world. Three days after his horrific death, he came back from the dead in magnanimous triumph. The degree of victory cannot be measured because he defeated Satan forever and released sinners from the prisons of sin so they could gain eternal life. He hung around earth for 40 days and during that time, heaven was waiting and watching for the day when he would return. Now, let us go back to the rest of this psalm. There was the deafening shout inside of heaven. Lift up your head, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, and the King of glory shall come in. I don't know who asked that question, but in the context, it was relevant. Who is this King of glory? Declare yourself. It's as if someone was asking for the password, the code to enter heaven. So someone else gave the answer. The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. The King of glory went to earth and fought in a colossal battle like you have never seen before. And on the day he was crucified, it was recorded about him in Colossians 2 and verse 15. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. (laughs) You guys remember Satan? Well, he had messed up things there on earth real bad and taken control. So Jesus had to show him who is the king, the king of glory. And that was it, my friend. It is finished. So now let us finish what we started. Lift up your heads, you gaze. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. The rhetorical question is asked, who is he, this king of glory? And there was a loud chorus that reverberated and echoed all across heaven, all through the galaxies and all through the universe, an answer that is still being heard around the earth. The Lord of hosts, he is the king of glory. Hallelujah. Amen.